Welcome to the 78th edition of Make Pro Wrestling Majestic Again. I am Tiger Height. And I am still the majestic champion of the world. We tied. The and gallery of many peanuts. We tied. And you're just, you are so lucky. Trust me, it's not going to work. So, we are going to be talking about Crown Jewel and a couple of different topics. But Peanut Gallery wanted to get into a subject that I think we visited Somewhat briefly before before Triple H took over. But now that he has taken over and has expressed desires to change a couple of things around with regards to pay-per-views, I think we should talk about that. Yep. So, over the past couple of weeks, we have seen Triple H state that he is thinking about getting rid of the gimmick pay-per-views. So, so Hell in a Cell, in the cell Elimination Chamber, Money in the Bank. Would, would they do it for Extreme Rules? Because well, there are different stipulations right. with that. And I don't know that. This is These are all just rumors at this point. But he has expressed a desire to move, like, for example, he, wanted to move, he wants to move Money in the Bank to WrestleMania. Again, right. okay, have the good. women's open the first night, have the men's open the second night or whatever. Okay, that sounds good to me. Um... You know, he's he's had a disdain for Hell in a Cell, more specifically saying that it doesn't make sense in a pay-per-view format. Nope. Uh, he has also, I mean, he's gone so far to cancel WWE Day 1. Yep, Day 1. That was a, uh, a Nick Khan idea. It was. But he has gone so far as to say we're not going to be doing the show anymore. So that means that, theoretically, between Survivor Series and Royal Rumble... There isn't going to be a pay-per-view or a and, premium live event, and, if you want to call and, it that. And the thing is, is that with Survivor Series, they're doing it with the War Games format right. in mind instead of maybe the SmackDown versus Raw thing. Right. Now, I can't guarantee that's going to be the issue, but it seems like the gimmick is not necessarily going to be the Raw versus SmackDown anymore. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it's going to be. So, what I want to kind of talk about is just how pay-per-views might change because this coincides with another thing that we're seeing uh, in terms of, of pay-per-view or premium live events trends as well is that they're moving a lot of their shows. Like the majority of shows they've had this year have not been in arenas. They've been in larger venues like stadiums. Yep. Um, so I think what they want to do is they want to move towards a bigger pay-per-view buildings. Yeah, move to bigger buildings. Well, now – with Mr. McMahon, he tried to do that with doing Money in the Bank in Allegiant the last year, but they were not selling the tickets that they were expecting. Now, do you think with the stop it, with the Triple H regime, do you think that will actually change because there's obviously more interest in the product? With the product, exactly. Um, you know, and and this is where we kind of have to say, well, what constitutes a stadium show? What what I guess, what do you want pay-per-view events to be like? You know, do you want the gimmicks and then have them be smaller, or do you want to have fewer of them but maybe make them a little more impactful, make them a little bit bigger? Um, I know that, obviously, there have been plans in place to do, you know, uh, next year... Um, uh, uh, Crown Jewel. No, Survivor Series, not Survivor Series. Elimination Chamber is going to be in an arena in Montreal, more specifically. Um, but 
Uh, they haven't announced a lot of other large pay-per-view events that next year besides, of course, WrestleMania and Royal Rumble, both right. of which take place in stadiums. In stadiums already. Well, they've been taking place in stadiums this whole time. Right. And, uh, with the Big Four, they tend to run them in stadiums. Well, Survivor Series is not going to be run in a stadium this year, but I don't think that that's going to stay that way for too much I think longer. they're going to put them in arenas. I think the big four will be guaranteed arenas. Or and then you, you have guaranteed stadiums. Guaranteed stadiums. I'm, I, I apologize. Uh, the big four, but then you also have, you know, well, yeah. Crown Jewel, so, which, which so, was in a soccer stadium. But if you actually saw the stadium, it's not a big stadium. But again, it's, it's not an arena format. It's a stadium format show. Right. So but that means that every, it's mostly outdoors. So, you know, talking about this too, um, WWE has done a lot more uh, international shows uh, in the past couple of years so as well. We, have, we had Clash at the Castle, which right. was the first time they went back over to the United Kingdom right. in like 30 years. So what I kind of want to explore And is, obviously it was a big success. Right. And, and what I kind of want to explore in this case is, is, you know, what kinds of events should WWE run as it relates to... Here's what pay-per-view or premium events formats. Here's what I think would be a great structure, and it might sound kind of weird, but hear me out here. Do these larger formed stadium shows where it's big and grandiose like they do with stadiums, but cut them down where you might have like a big super special SmackDown or and Raw for a month that does not have a premium live event to maybe have some of the smaller rivalries or start a big-time rivalry, build it for a month or two to something like Clash at the Castle or the next thing like Super Showdown in this city or whatever, but make them super big and grandiose where people have Mm -hmm. to travel to go to them. I think right now, because it's obviously working, I mean, WrestleMania sold 100,000 tickets, and a match hasn't even been announced. Right. Clash at the Castle was a sellout. Saudi Arabia show was a sellout. Right. These shows are selling out, and they're big, and they're loud, and Mm -hmm. it's awesome to see. And now we're starting to see that that might be more of a trend than it's going— This is going to be the regular. That's kind of what I want to explore is, is this going to be—and should this be a new regular thing? Now, when I look at markets like this, I want to consider the idea that perhaps um, they should do more of these premium live event shows overseas. So obviously, Clash at the Castle was a big success, but that doesn't mean they should go back to Cardiff every single year. No. There are certainly other markets, and one big potential market that I see is is Japan. Japan. And the reason I put bring Japan up is because, again, we're seeing a trend where there are partnerships being formed, or at least like one-off matches. Right, you have you have there is the opportunity to bring in some new Japan guys and exactly. do some dream matches. Now, this is just an example, but this sounds like the biggest example of this mm-hmm. format there's, happening. There's there's a lot of potential for shows like this to have maybe even some. 
uh, some some brand uh, or some overlap, some some brand. Right. Well, I think uh, I think you know, w, I think together. WWE is looking at possibly doing on a much bigger scale a format that what AEW does is where AEW has the specials for Dynamite and Rampage, where WWE could possibly mimic something like that on a month where there maybe isn't a bigger show. They or, would sell out that building really fucking quickly. Right, or else you just don't have those. Right, well, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just saying it's it's a solution that has worked for AEW, and you know WWE can do it a million times better. Well, and it, yeah. would give, it would give them the opportunity to still have but those. But I don't, I don't want to talk about mimicking AEW. AEW is not worthy of being mimicked. But WWE should do less shows, I think. At the end of the day, I think that they should because space it out every one month and a half instead of maybe every month. Or, you know, not having multiple shows a month. It just really depends on, on what kind of content you want to bring forward. But um, a, a potential place that would be a great start is Japan. And I think that a lot of these can follow uh, possible NXT uh, debuts as well to kind of garner interest for the product. Now, a market that hasn't really been seriously explored except for one show has been um, Australia. Australia. Now, the Australian wrestling market is very passionate, but wrestling companies historically don't do very well there, down there. There are zero uh, right now wrestling companies. There was a WCW Australia, and I talked about... Mm. Um, international companies in one of the wrestling lessons, I think a couple of months ago, mm -hmm. but it is a definite market to explore. I mean, there's a lot of them. There are mm -hmm. African promotion or there are African shows where you can do big grandiose stuff. It might be a little bit harder because uh, some of the countries there are in turmoil. But, but but we're not talking about those markets. We're talking about markets where WWE has proven themselves to be successful. And but they can be successful anywhere. It's WWE. Well, they can't be successful everywhere. <laughs> I I have to disagree with you. No, on that. I have to. They're they're just you won't be able to make any money doing an African show. I'm sorry, it's not going to happen. <laughs> You're not going to speak WWE in China anytime soon. Well, um, that that one might be. Well, once again. You I'm, have you have to think of a country that's not in turmoil. And right. China right now is in turmoil. So I want to do the low hanging fruit. Right, this right, is yeah. my segment. There is. <laughs> I'm just. It's just like, hey, this is the opportunity here. Right. You know. So, anyways, you know, other English speaking countries are a great place to start as well. You know, UK, Australia. Now let's talk about maybe one that is going to be in the very near future, and that's going to be a WWE European, uh, an EU show. So oh, like a European show, flag. a show, a show in, in in Paris or a show in Germany, wherever NXT Europe is going to be based, I think would be a perfect opportunity. Instead of doing their show in the UK, maybe they do their show in. Another European country. There are plenty of soccer stadiums and stuff exactly. that would be potential there, and there are some big cities. Like yep, you said, there are Paris. You can go to Spain. There's a lot of opportunity. Um, WWE European tours do very well. That's why they continue to go. Right, <laughs> and that's why they're building an NXT brand out there. Right, and it's smart. Yeah. It's a very, it's a very smart, good move overall. So if you're looking at it, at the end of the day, I don't see them doing twelve events per year. Maybe they do eight or nine events next year, but right. make them large shows. Right, because obviously the large shows work. Yes. If, if they weren't doing the big stadium shows like they have been doing, 
then right. they wouldn't be successful because they know this stuff. They're not going to try to continue to see if this moves forward right. without having a contingency plan. Right. The thing with money in the bank, well, the thing with the money in the bank issue was that you had a lot of stuff going on. Vegas is one of those cities that has four or five different things happening at once. Right. So, again, uh, it goes without saying that WWE, if they get rid of these gimmicky pay-per-views, I think that they're going to be more successful, and I think that they would be able to run larger shows. Because obviously— what if, what if they just replace them? With something else and do the monthly shows. I mean, that's that's probably what they're going to do. Well, yeah, but again, do you really want to do twelve? Uh, you want to do twelve stadium, stadium shows a year? Oh, I don't. I'm not saying right. that that would be a good idea, but I'm saying that that's the most likely option. Yeah, that's the most likely direction they're going. And you know how I don't put names or anything like that because I think that that should just be left up to wherever they go. Like mm-hmm. Clash at the Castle, that's the Cardiff show. If they go to another show in the UK, like London, they don't want to call it Clash at the Castle. I mean, they're, they're, they, they're call established. Some, they'll call something else. Right, they're, they're established names already, like Survivor Series, WrestleMania. Like, those are not going to change right. no matter where they go. But I can see where you're coming from on it's one of those big, it's, it's a, just a big stadium show. Right, it is. Like, and what, they could uh, just sell it anywhere, you know, like Beast of the East. Right, Beast in the East. Right. Now, that was like a glorified house show, right. but it was still there, but it was it was successful. It, it worked. Was. You know? So that's kind of where I'm coming from with it. Um, do you have anything else that you want to add? No, I think that it makes sense to do it the way they did. I'm excited to see where they go come next year because there's definitely going to be some changes mm-hmm. given that Triple H and Stephanie McMahon took over the company a couple of months ago. Right, and they got to work with the schedule that they have until they're able to make more substantial this is, changes. It's, it's going to be absolutely fresh come January. Right. We're going to definitely see more changes to come, but for right now, I've been very pleased, and I'm hoping that they make correct decisions, but mm. it's WWE. They right. usually do. Right. So anyways, uh, when we come back, what are we talking about? We are going to be talking about other shows that were either canceled changed up due to different circumstances and the history behind that given a past issue but we'll talk about that here in a minute okay all right we are back and we're going to be talking about shows that were either canceled or moved due to different circumstances and this came off of the uh, iran threat to saudi arabia of an attack and where the Saudi Arabia show was going to be going. Now, obviously, they did the show without any issues, so there was not a big deal there. But let's talk about some others. Now, the Sunday Stampede was a live show that they were going to do, but the ticket sales were so bad that they decided just to outright cancel the rest of that tour. And they actually gave everybody refunds, and this happened, like, early October. October 9th is when the show was supposed to happen, but they had more than half of the seats available still, and it just did not work out on that end. And this was actually going to be in New York, too. So definitely a market that they should have like sold out on and slam dunked on it, but they, they just didn't. And this was before like a super change. Now, this one was due to a weather situation, which was the last tsunami for New Japan. Or, I'm sorry, um, it was a typhoon. The typhoon on September 18th, New Japan's um, burning spirit was canceled because the situation where the stadium was going to, or where the show was going to happen, 
was de definitely underwater in turmoil. We're not going to have our wrestlers go out there and do that. Gave refunds to everybody, but they did finish the tour. It was just one of those circumstances. And speaking of weather, let's talk about the January 28th, 2015 Raw where they were caught in that big snowstorm that happened right at that time. And they just did the vignette with everybody in doing the uh, buildup for that year's WrestleMania because that was still going on. I want to talk about this because Brock Lesnar actually purchased, uh, did all the bar tab and kept the bar open for the wrestlers of the hotel that they were staying at. So good for Lesnar on doing that given their situation. I mean, they were stuck. You couldn't leave your place at all. It was like a mini uh, quarantine or a mini lockdown for them. Now nah, we gotta talk about it. So it was sort of canceled, but not really. This was the June 25th, 2007 Corpus Christi, Texas show that where everybody got a refund because of the Chris Benoit double murder suicide. And at the time that they did this show, they did not know the full details on what happened. They went into it saying that Chris, Nancy, and Daniel were dead. That was the only information that they had at that time. Mm -hmm. They showed a bunch of tribute stuff for Chris Benoit, Vince McMahon was, you know, there despite him literally blowing up and dying a couple of weeks before this show. This was supposed to be the Raw that Vince McMahon's celebration of life was supposed yes. to be. Yes. That's yep. why they had a three-hour Raw that night. Yep. So they did, they kept it, but it was not a regular show. It was just a tribute show. Right. The ECW, the day after... Because they already did this show and things were coming out as the show was going on. And Mr. McMahon went over camera and saying, other than right now, we're not going to be talking about Chris basically ever again. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much the last time that they mentioned Chris Benoit in any capacity. And they did the tribute show for all the victims other than Chris, who was a perpetrator, to, in a tribute to them. So mm -hmm. Nancy and Daniel specifically. A show that should have been canceled but didn't was the WWF Over the Edge 1999 show where Owen Hart fell from the rafters 78 feet, hitting his head on the turnbuckle and dying. And this was a pay-per-view. And it's almost a double-edged sword when it comes to the Over the Edge. Should they have canceled the rest of the show? I'm kind of on the fence. It was live. What could you do? You already have this stuff ready. Do you just say, you're going home after this? Nobody in the arena knew that he died. Mm -hmm. Nobody. So from that point, they're like, oh, we just had the accident. People on TV knew that he died, but not the live crowd. I think they did it for the live crowd. And... Well, what do you think? Do you think they should have canceled Over the Edge? They they should have stopped the feed. You think so? Yeah. And just have the rest of the show for the people in the arena. Exactly. That's not a bad idea. I didn't even think about that. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why I didn't, because <laughs> it was it was such a hard place to do this. Right. I mean, the, all the other stuff was outside circumstances. This happened IRL, mm -hmm. like in the ring that it happened. So 
it, it was controversial. Yeah, it was hella controversial mm-hmm. to keep the show going. Maybe cut the feed? That probably would have actually worked and just give the people who bought the pay-per-view the refund. Right. Have and the then, rest of the show with the fans in the arena. Right. That would probably be the best solution on that end. This is not a fan-made graphic. This was the actual graphic of this Raw. Yep, who could forget that one? Oh, yeah. So this is what was going on. The Denver Nuggets went to the playoffs, and they were in one of the, they were one of the final four for this time. And Stan Kroenke, who is you know, more closer to peanut gallery, was not only the owner of the team, but he owned the Pepsi Center. Raw already had a scheduled show in the Pepsi Center at that time. But Kroenke actually booted Raw out to make room for the basketball game. Ironically, Raw went to the Staples Center, which was actually one of the other Final Four participants, but the stadium was open. Mm -hmm. And Mr. McMahon was the most petty little child during this show. He cut a promo. They did a five-man tag where the babyface winners had the Lakers jerseys on, and then the mean, evil, <laughs> mean, evil heels were wearing Denver, Denver Nuggets jerseys, just as a dig in there mm-hmm. on that. And you could just tell the petty, especially given this, um, it was a big stink, and I think WWE tried to sue Kroenke. Mm-hmm. For it, but at the end of the day, he is the owner of the stadium still mm-hmm. to this day, I believe, isn't he? I don't know. But yeah, I, I wanted to talk about that one because I just love the pettiness and the fact that this graphic exists, that Mr. McMahon is an angel, and I, it just made me happy. I wanted to talk about this one because we were going to go to it, yep. and we were so fucking petty. <laughs> yeah, this was one of many events that were canceled at the last minute because of the COVID restrictions. Yes, so this was right before COVID-19 shut everything down. I think No, this was right this is after every this was after. This this No, was, the show the show was going to go on after, but lockdowns canceled it. Yes. yes. So so you said the show was going to go it was going to Oh, it was going to go before. before. No, wait. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh the 18th anniversary, and then there was a Ring of Honor past versus present show that we were going mm-hmm. to be going to. It was going to be a double feature. And was there a show that we went to in Samstown the day before no. these shows, or was it like No, the that week was like before? a month before. Oh, okay. Because I remember us being out when they actually locked everything down. It's like, oh, this is fucking awesome. So, yeah, I wanted to talk about this one. And this just started that whole year-long thing where nothing was happening. It was really the last big show for Ring of Honor for a long time because they had all this momentum. They were doing This was not. This show didn't happen. Not before. I'm sorry. No. Ring of Honor was doing really, really well just in general, running the pay-per-view, selling out places before the lockdowns happened. Yeah. Yeah. That was what I was trying to say, but my brain scrambled it because reasons. But I just like talking about this one because I'm still very butthurt about it. You got your refund. I well, you're the one who paid for the tickets. Oh, you're true. the you're the one who got the refund. <laughs> but you know, it was just one of those things. Mm-hmm. But that's just kind of where it is. Um, the, the, I think there were probably people that want me to talk about the WrestleMania where they went from one arena to a smaller venue because of death threats. But it wasn't really true. 
mm-hmm. uh, the Sergeant Slaughter one. Oh yeah, uh, because of his Iraqi sympathizer gimmick. Right. Obviously, I don't believe that was true. I think they said that for the rivalry, and right. then also it gives an excuse because that WrestleMania was not selling well yeah. at all. So, so I don't know. But anyways, I don't have anything else to add. All right, awesome. So when we come back, we're going to be talking about Crown Jewel. Okie dokie. And making that majestic again.
right, and here we go. Let's talk about Crown Jewel. So, number one, before we even get into it, this whole show gets two thumbs up from me. I yeah. thought it was awesome. Yep. Every match was either good to very, very good, like yeah. excellent stuff. Mm -hmm. Definitely, possibly a pay-per-view of the year contender, mm -hmm. even though they're in Saudi Arabia, but you know what, whatever. Let's talk about our first match, a first match that actually surprised me. This was kind of a stinker. I did not like the finish. I, I gave would, a thumbs down. I I'm didn't the, like the finish. I'm going to give an Orange Cassidy thumbs up because the potential was there. And they did save. They kept Bobby Lashley strong. I like, know. It was, very it was strong. just the finish was just not good. No, they're doing rematches, though, given how they did oh, that. Oh, yeah. But how they did that ending was just very lackadaisical. And clearly, Bobby Lashley's shoulders were still up. Well, yeah. It was just it was just kind of awkward. Oh yeah. Uh so Bobby Lashley was basically beating up Brock Lesnar. Like from Pillar of the Post, they were starting to do some good stuff, hurt Locke, but Lesnar climbed up to the turnbuckles, lifted his body back, and landed on Bobby Lashley. Now Lesnar should have rolled his shoulders and head over so he was like flattening out the shoulders, but he didn't do that. He just kind of like laid on top of Bobby, which was very weird. And it just did not look good. But Lesnar did win, and that was one of the big matches that you went over because you're the only one who chose Lesnar to win the match. Mm -hmm. And then Bobby Lashley attacked Brock Lesnar after putting him back in the hurt lock, still keeping him strong. Mm -hmm. Bobby or Brock Lesnar really doesn't need that, but Bobby Lashley definitely needs this rivalry. Yeah. And they're going to continue with it. Yep. Just kind of a weird way to start it off. They, they should have, they should, you know, making it majestic and they should have just did the finish a little bit better. Yep. If they did the finish, or maybe a little bit better, nice and clean, maybe like a disqualification or something where uh, the referee got hit by Bobby accidentally, that probably would have worked a lot better than what they did here. And I really, I mean, other than that, you know, it's Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar. A Brock Lesnar match is a Brock Lesnar match. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, finisher city. And a bunch of suplexes, maybe, but they did a little bit more than I thought they were going to, which is why I gave that the Orange Cassidy thumbs up. For the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, we have the defending champions, Alexa Bliss and Asuka, taking on Damage Control. Well, the two members of Damage Control that are going for the tag champions. Mm -hmm. I did like this match. Um, but why... Did Damage Control lose the titles in the first place? I think they're just testing things out. I have a theory on why this happened, and I'm not sure if you noticed it either, but Asuka had a huge knee brace. Hmm. It was the black knee brace on her knee, oh. and it was super big and thick, so I think Asuka might have hurt herself them winning the champions. Right. At some point in time. So, so they have to kind of get them off so that Alexa Bliss can get a new partner. Right. Yeah, you okay? My eye is bothering me, so let's just get I this tell. over with. Okay, so if you need to like, take care of that, don't you know hesitate on not doing that. Well, yes, it was a um, Nikki Cross. It was a Nikki Cross. I give an Orange Cassidy thumbs down. It, I, was, it was not the strongest match of the night, but, you know, something has to be the weakest match. Right. You can't have, like, big bangers and bangers all the time. There has to be the weakest match. This was probably the weakest match. Yeah, it was. Let's talk about Drew McIntyre and Karrion Cross in a steel cage match. I give an Orange Cassidy thumbs up. It wasn't their yeah. best work. No, it really wasn't. It felt kind of clunky. It did. It was very odd because it's like, oh, 
they were facing each other again. You guys had a strap match, and usually that ends a rivalry. Right. But they had, like, Drew McIntyre doing, like, hitting the heels with a car and causing right. a car accident. I'm like, wait, you guys have that opposite. It should be carrying Cross hitting Drew McIntyre with a car. He's the heel in this situation. Right. But what a very heel move for Drew McIntyre. But yeah, a little bit clunky. The interference with Scarlet with um, spraying people in the face was very unnecessary. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of it. I just don't. It was it was a dimension that they didn't need. No, it didn't. In the steel cage match, it just seemed very thrown together. Yeah. Like, we need to continue this. And how I would make it majestic again would have been to just not have the match. I'll be honest with you. Mm -hmm. I get it. Drew McIntyre is very popular over there. And this is kind of the rivalry right now. But... It was just a weird orientation. Mm -hmm. It Maybe was. It was just very odd because we already saw a match between them. Like, right. what else do you need? And now because each of them have one win, we're well, probably well, going to see one see more. It again. Mm -hmm. yep. Goody two-shoes. All right. So let's talk about the uh, OC taking on Judgment Day's match. The decision was interesting. I liked the match. I thought it was paced really well. Everybody yeah. looked good in some way, shape, or form. I'll give it a full thumbs up on this I'll for me. I'll give Cassidy thumbs up. I'm a little more critical. Mm -hmm. Also, they implied that the OC were going to bring somebody in to handle Rhea Ripley. Uh -huh. Because that right now, Rhea Ripley has been the decision maker on every single match that the Judgment Day has been in. Uh-huh. They did not do that. No, they didn't. Nobody was brought in. There was nothing there. So my question is, did they just not have the opportunity to get somebody in? Or are, do they want the OC looking like idiots saying, oh, she's a problem. Let's just go out there with the three of us. Right. Maybe maybe have somebody attack Rhea. Right. You know? It just felt very odd yeah. kind of placed in there. And I will say Dominic is just getting so much goddamn better, man. He is, but I, you know, it... The, the Judgment Day just doesn't gel with me. I mean, no. It was an Edge concept that he's no longer a part of. I it want just... them I want them to go for titles. If, I, if you want me to take them seriously, have them go for championships. They've been winning constantly. They've been in the main events of right. Raws. At this point, it, they just seem like they've hit that plateau. Right. And I think at this point, the OC stuff needs to stop yeah. with Judgment Day. Unless you're bringing somebody in, right. it's just not necessary right. to have this anymore. And I like all of them. All of them are good. But at this point, let's just do something different. Yeah, let's just do something different. Let's have them separate out for a while. Judgment Day, let's have you guys go for some titles. Yeah. Uh, maybe like become a nuisance to the bloodline. Right. Something like that. Something just a little bit different because now it's just kind of there. Yeah, it is. At the end of the day, you want titles. And if you're not going for titles, what are you doing? Right. Omas taking on Braun Strowman. Omas finally has ring gear that yeah. looks actually good for him. No, still, Omas is not very good in the ring. He, Braun Strowman carried the match. Oh, definitely. Down, easily one of the worst matches of the night. Oh, really? Yeah. I think this one actually might have been the worst match for mine. Yeah. I'm going to give an Orange Cassidy thumbs down because... God bless Strowman. They actually did Omos to one of his better matches in general. Well, yeah, that's not because Omos is improving. It's because Strowman. I mean, Omos, Omos, Omos is improving, but in this context, it's hard to see that when it's against another big monster guy because you need to keep Strowman strong as well. Right. 
And it was a running power slam, which was impressive for, you know, mm -hmm. Strowman to pick up a guy who's, you know, 430 pounds right. and slamming him like that. You know, very basic. All right, let's talk about this tag team championship match. The Usos defending against the Brawling Brutes. This was a pretty good match, but I've seen better from them. I've seen better from them, too. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like, it was a good match. You're not going to have a bad match with these four. It's no. going to be very dynamic. It's going to be very good. But at the end of the day, you just knew who was going to win. Right. And, the and I think that's the problem now. It's just like you know who's going to win. Right. Well, you already had the match where there was an opportunity there right. for the Brawling Bruce who actually win the match but then for some reason they continue to put them in this like okay the Usos have already beaten them like twice right why are we having this match again right and you know there was a perfect opportunity to do this because it would have been at least something a little bit different right the Usos are now facing the new day for the tag for the, for the tag team champions there's been enough time in between to where I'm not going to be upset about it why wasn't that match here Right, I don't know. That would have been, I think, a better solution. And I like Butch and Rich Holland, but they need to start getting some wins and some they're, momentum they're, back. Right, they're not, they're not really gelling as a team. Right, very well. There's just something not there. I'm sorry, right. the Brawling Brutes are them and Sheamus. Right, Sheamus is kind of that glue that holds them together. Right, they got to pick up some wins and reestablish themselves as obvious contenders. Right, because right now. I just can't take them seriously. Right. Anyways, uh, it was an Orange Cassidy thumbs down. Yep, it was a 1D from the second rope for the victory. Hooray. Yay. Let's talk about the last woman standing match. Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's Champion. Bianca, Be Bianca Belair defending against Bayley. This was a great match. It was. It this was, was a full, solid thumbs yeah, up match. Um, the creativity probably could have been there just a wee bit yeah. more personally. And... It felt it, there were at times where it was getting a little slow for my was, taste. Yes. Um, there were a couple of really scary botches yeah, as well that like was like, ooh, this is kind of weird. Right. But um, other than that, this being very nitpicky in the grand scheme of things, of uh, these two have a chemistry that just right. works so well. Right. But this was the time for Bailey to win. It was. I love Bianca. Don't get me wrong, but Bailey had to win this. Right, because now it's like, what? What is this? Who's 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 the more important people now? Because now Damage Control win the tag team champions twice now. Right. They're they're winning more than Bailey, and Bailey is the leader of the faction. Right. You would think that she, she would, would be the one to win the most. Right, but she's not. Right. I mean, she's taking on Bianca Belair against Alexa Bliss and Asuka. I mean, there's definitely momentum difference there, and they're really digging Bianca. And now I think Bianca needs to lose a title for a little bit, maybe do some high-profile non-title matches. Right, and then come and, back to it. And then it. come back to it later. Right. Right, exactly. And I think that's what was missing on this was, okay, whatever. I did like the ending, though, mm -hmm. where... Uh, Bianca Belair sandwiched Bailey in a ladder and then shoved it, wedging it yeah. underneath the turnbuckle. Those I thought that was really clever. The match. Mm -hmm. uh, but that KOD on that chair, where that chair was bouncing around and Bailey just laid on it weird, that thing scared the crap out of me. But, you know, overall, last woman standing, it is what it is. Let's at least talk about it because it was in the ring. It was. Bray Wyatt segment. 
It was uh, it was pretty good. I liked it a lot. I mean, I liked it, but I've already seen this very similar thing on SmackDown. You didn't. You right. did not watch the promo, or did you? No. No, I didn't think you did. But Bray Wyatt is like, we need some more to it because he's not he's not talking about the demons. He's not talking about Uncle Howdy. He's just talking to us, and that's fine, but where is the correlation of the vignettes to this? At some point in time, he has to say, this is who this thing is. Again, slow burn here, storytelling, this is what Bray Wyatt's good at. Yeah, I know, but something else has to happen here at some point, or else it's like, okay, Bray, he's going to come out, he's going to talk, Uncle Howdy's going to show up, and that's the end of the segment. They just wanted to mess around with the drones. They did. All this main event, all this... Two, Two thumbs, thumbs up, up, by the way. Absolutely nah. fantastic match. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a thumb and a half up. A thumb and a half up, mm-hmm. like very, very strong. So Roman Reigns defending the undisputed Universal Champion against Logan Paul. Given the kids just inexperienced in the ring, he did very well. And then given the fact that he still performed at that high of a quality, injured, right. Made it even better. Yeah, wrestlers. There are, there are professional wrestlers that could not match that level. Of, no, of just athletic ability, of of just storytelling that that per that Logan Paul did. Right, you just couldn't do that with really anybody else right now. Mm-hmm. And I thought the interference it could have been a little muffled. Like yeah. definitely the, a little. I think I think that's what really kind of got me was that there were a lot of interferences and it kind of muddled things a little bit. Right. I just wanted to see the fantastic match. Now Jake Paul being involved, fantastic. Right. I just don't need eight thousand members of the Bloodline coming out. Right. And I mean they did not like interfere against Logan. They were just coming out to attack right. certain people. Yeah. Like there was no interaction between any of the outside stuff. With the people in the ring. Right. They just were there. Mm-hmm. But it was a very good match. I loved it. I thought this was a great main event. The expectations maybe were a little bit lower than what was possibly given. But Roman Reigns hitting the spear for the win. He is still the champion. At this point, I'm not surprised. Yeah. But if Logan Paul won this, that would have just blown up the world. Yeah. Like, I don't know what else you could have done there to do that. But... I, I just I, I can't make this any more majestic. No. I thought this was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, just great. Now with the injury, what's going to happen here? The ACL, MCL, and meniscus tear is not going to be like a five month recovery time. Right. This is probably going to take him out of the majority of 2023. Who knows? So it just it really just depends on how bad it is. Who knows? He could have the John Cena level of uh, recovery time. So you just never know. But that was really the end of the show. If you guys did enjoy this, remember to like the video, subscribe to the channels, or follow the channels wherever you're watching or listening. And what are we talking about next week? Next week, we have a three. No, we, it's um, only hard times. Yes. Only hard times three. So, so definitely keep an eye out for that. Night, two night events, so it'll be both. No, it's only one. Oh, it's one night event. It, it is a one it, night event. It's one night event, but the other one is like a. It's a. It's called something Rumble. Oh, okay. So I'm not gonna even consider that like a portion of the pay per view because it's not hard time. Right. So that's kind of what we're gonna be doing for that. So stay tuned for that. Subscribe. Turn on notifications. Become a patron as well. You get some cool perks, including hats, which you can also get on the website. 
uh, go to the link tree link here or down below in the description. And as always, be majestic.